Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The DMs. I'm kicking us off today. Um, unfortunately, my partner in crime, Heidi, could not be with us today. She's a real businesswoman with a real job. See, she's not like me. I just talk about feelings all day long. She's actually got to go out there and make money. And luckily for me, my wife's a hardworking woman, so I can just stay at home and talk about feelings all day. Um, I, I wish... Actually, I don't wish that was the case. <laughs> Anyways, needless to say, Heidi's not with us. Um, so I'm going to be answering a question from one of our listeners. Um, and as always here on the DM episodes, we take questions, we answer them. Um, sometimes we do got to chop up the questions or take a question that comes up a lot um, from different people and kind of blend them all together. This question I got from a mother. Um, I'm going to have to kind of break it down to more of a simplified version. Um, so her question is, I want to ask on behalf of all the children with an absent parent, um, whether that comes from some kind of illness, separation, divorce, or death, how do I help these children to heal? How do I talk through this issue with these kids? And by the way, earlier in her question, she said the issue in her situation is she's divorced now a number of years ago. She's remarried. Uh, she loves her new husband, says they got a great um, thing going on, great family. They're modeling a lot of great stuff for the kids. But she said that the father is absent in the sense that he's not as active in the kids' day-to-day -day lives and he's not showing up for them nearly in the way that she would like him to. And also from what the kids are telling her, they say things like, well, we don't really have a dad. And they make jokes and comments, but... As a concerned mother, she's going to read in between that and say there's some truth to some of those jokes because in private conversations, it's not a joke. They're crying. They're talking about it. And she says that her kids are all over the age in the spectrum. She's got some adults and she's got some littles as well. So um, I think on this question, let's focus um, more on because she said, how do you help your kids deal with an absent parent, whether it comes from some kind of illness, separation, divorce or death? Those all have similarities, but I want to focus just on her situation, which is a divorce, because I think it'll be easier for me to talk on just that one, because all those, I mean, divorce and death, even though they have some things in common, it's not the same. Death, you can go bring flowers and you know where your parent is at. Divorce, if you have a parent um, that's not actively involved in your life, you may still have to see them on social media. You may have to see them at awkward times and it's, it's hard to see someone that the relationship you feel is not the same and the relationship is dead, but yet they're quite alive in many ways. Um, so the, I want to focus on that. She, she continues to just add, like, how do I help my kids to fill that void? How do I help them heal? Um, and, and that's the main purpose of her question is my kids are watching their dad make poor decisions. He's not active in their life. 
and they're hurting and, and she wants to help them heal, but she's just wondering what she can do. Also, she mentioned earlier in a question that it's hard for her new husband to kind of know what his role is because as much as he's trying to to help out and she feels he's doing good, the kids like him, he's not their dad. So they're not trying to get his acceptance because they already have it. They're trying to get acceptance of the person who they don't feel easily gives them the love and acceptance that they would like. So um, first of all, as always, thank you to this woman who sent in this DM. Um, I know this is not an easy thing to write in. Uh, to all of you who have sent in DMs, especially to those people who we have not answered your DMs, very difficult to be that open in an email and uh, a direct message on social media. So I can't thank you enough for putting it out there. Even if we haven't answered it, it's it, we read every single one, and it makes and it's a big deal to us that you would share some of your most intimate personal insecurity struggles um, for hopes that you could get a little bit of extra um, suggestions and ideas of how to handle it. So back to the question, um, I would say when you have okay, when people get married. So I'm going to be more general to it could be if it's a mother that's absent or if it's the father that's absent. When someone goes through a divorce and they find love again with another person and they get married, um, nobody goes into a divorce when there is his, hers, and mine, meaning when the other person has kids, you have kids. Nobody goes into a divorce or comes out of divorce going into a new, into a new marriage saying, hey, I want to have a blended family. It's called a blended family, but when you meet someone else and they have kids and you're trying to integrate those two families, you're hoping that it can really become a mended family. A family that can now have a place where they can feel whole and they can heal, even if there's two different homes that they have to go to. I've talked to people and you know, blended families has been something that that in my profession, you know, is quite common. And in everyone's own way, they're longing for this mended, like a healing, everything's sewn back together, it's all better now, and hoping that it can be even better than it was, um, even at the best times in the first marriage. It's easier said than done, you know, it's hard to do that. And I think one of the big reasons why it's hard to do that is because you can only control what's happening in your household. Well, you're trying to control what's happening in your household. <laughs> you may not have as much control as you would like to have in your household, and um, but you're trying to control what's going on in your household, but that's the only one you have influence over. It's very frustrating when you don't have the influence of your ex or over your ex to help them show up and be the father and mother that they're capable of being and the kids need them to be. So I'm gonna give a couple of quick suggestions to the person in the new marriage that is not um, the father or the mother of the kids. So in this question, this mother has a new husband. So my first comment is to her new husband in his role of how much do I try to be the father? You know, what's my guidelines? What's my boundaries? Every situation to be specific. So I can't give exactly like you do this because as we said in the opening thing, this is not therapy, I'm not telling you exactly what to do. But this is some helpful pointers and ideas that um, can make it a little bit easier for you to find your role in this new family. So going back to what I said, everybody wants to have a blended family. 
a father or, or a new dad, the ideal should be, and this is all my words, so you don't have to use these words, but the ideal should be to not replace the father, their biological father, but to be a father figure so that they have something to compare their father to. Now, I, I know that comparison can be a bad thing, but what I mean is that if you have a higher moral standard, you're putting your new wife's kids as a serious priority in your life, and you want to just prove to her, if you want to prove to not just her, but also to the kids that this is serious to you, you take their lives serious. You want to be there to help them heal and provide a safe environment for them. Then a couple basic things you can do is you can actually state that you feel that you would best be served as being a father figure slash mentor person that, you know, they can trust that is going to be the same person every single day. So Monday through Sunday, they may have diff- they may say different sides of your personality. They may d- see different sides of your moods, but you should instill inside of your new family, the kids that are not related to you. So in this case, this man's wife's kids have conversations with them and make powerful statements like, I am a father figure to you. Some kids, if let's say if you have a really great relationship with one of the kids, tell them that you would love to be as close to them as they would like you to be close to them. And you don't have to figure that out right now, but you want to be a father figure to them. You want to be a mentor to them. And you want to show them in over time that you're the same person every single day, despite your flaws and missteps and your mistakes, you will be there for them, regardless what they're going through. You're not going to try to control their life. And the good thing about your position is that you just get to help them. You don't actually have to be their face-to-face parent, always doing the hard stuff. Um, Meaning like, you know, picking up the slack from the other parent. You can do that sometimes, but the goal for the new dad is not to replace the old dad because then the old dad doesn't have space to come back into the kids' lives. Earlier in the message, this woman shared some very intricate details, and I didn't want to share those details because it might give away who this person is, and, you know, I don't know, maybe the dad hears about this from someone else and thinks that the mom outed him and thinks that's unfair, but the point is, is it sounds like the dad has had some pretty tough issues in his life, um, some issues with uh, different types of addictions, and... Um, you know, a lot of problems that comes with addictions, like financial problems, stuff like that. So um, I'm going to leave it on that and not say any more about that. But picture this for a second for all you listeners. If your ex has addiction issues, has financial issues, they're also going to have a whole lot of shame and insecurity too. When an ex doesn't show up for your kids, If you were to give your ex the complete benefit of the doubt that they're not a crazy person and they actually love their kids and want to be with their kids, not that this is a good reason, but it's a common reason. And that is it's too painful to show up and see your kids because it's a constant reminder of everything that you're not, everything that you're not doing. And oh yeah, if you're around them, you may have to hear their complaints, especially for kids that get older. Kids that get older after a while, they they get tired of trying to please the parent that they don't feel like they can get acceptance from. They become disgruntled. They become resentful. So for the new dad, 
make sure that there's space for the father to come back into the kid's life. It's almost like you don't want to be too good of a dad, but you want to be a steady figure for them so that they can say, this is my stepfather and he is showing me how it should have been treated by dad and he's doing it quietly and he's not asking for praise for it. He's not getting upset with me if I don't give him tons of compliments because I'm just a kid going through a hard time wishing my real dad was there. And even though I'm thankful my stepdad is there, it's just, it's not the ideal. But if they have an experience of a stepdad modeling for them how to love kids, specifically specifically a kid that's not theirs, that's a great example for them for when they're married someday because they may be married to someone and they may be raising kids that aren't theirs either. Now, this reminds me of a, a long time ago. And yes, I'm going into story mode because I like to tell stories. So I was working at this group home in Vista, California. And uh, I made friends with uh, this, uh, this other Samoan guy there. And, you know, he, he and I became pretty good friends. We just a good salt of the earth kind of guy. Very calm. I'd, I'd seen him in some chaotic crisis situations, violent situations, and the way he handled himself was very impressive to me. I was, yeah, I was, you know, always impressed. By the way, I can give him a shout out. It's my boy, Wilson. Wilson had this unique ability to take a difficult situation and just kind of calm it down. And I remember one day after work, um, I told him that uh, I found out that he and I had a connection. And I was a little nervous to tell him about this connection because I didn't know this conversation was going to go, but I trusted it was going to be a good conversation. It just so happens that he was in a relationship with a woman that had a child with another man. Well, it just so happens that the other man was a good friend of mine <laughs> from childhood. And I was still friends with him. And I thought this was, by the way, this was before Facebook where everybody automatically knew who you knew. And we were talking one day and I found out that that was the connection. And then a couple months later, I said, hey, man, I go, I just want to let you know, like, I, I heard you saying you're having some difficulties with, you know, this guy. You know, it wasn't like a fist fight or anything like that. Just kind of like, you know, Matt, problems that you have when you're dealing with, you know, the father of, you know, your wife's son. And I told him, I said, hey, listen, I know this guy. I know him really well. In fact, if you guys met on different circumstances, you guys would probably be friends. He's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. You're a great guy. Uh, you're, 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 I, I thought very highly of both of them, actually, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, man, this is, it's only the, the child and the situation with the woman that was causing the strife between them because I really do feel like they had a lot in common. Well, as the conversation went on, I opened up and I told him, I said, you know what? And at the end of the day, what you're doing by raising a child that isn't yours is one of the most honorable things a man can do because a man is forced to face his own ego while he's doing it. Because not only are you raising someone else's child, but Men's ego, they want their woman to be their woman. And you're also having to think that this woman was with this other man sexually in a relationship for a long time. And then now you're taking care of 
that child. And that child may have issues because of the breakup and all these other challenges. So this is not like you're raising a child that had all these great opportunities and life was easy for them. This child might struggle in some ways. And I just told him, my father was not my real father. I told him my story, how it's actually my adopted grandfather who I got my last name from. And I actually started to tear up and I said, dude, in my opinion, you're one of the best men I know because you're in your 20s and you're doing this and you're doing it well. He loved this kid. And he cried a little bit. And from that moment on, we became, we went from friends to brother status. And I tell this story because to all the men and all the women out there that are, are doing the good fight to try to make a blended family, a mended family, your role is just that. You're a comforter. You give care. You give love. And every now and then you might have to take some flack because the safe parent is always the parent who's going to have the pain of the child come at them. We don't know this, like it's not a conscious thing, but even as kids, we know that if we yell at someone, if we emotionally lose our cool and we fall apart and the person is calm with us and patient with us and they sit with us as we go through that difficult time, our loyalty towards that person has become, become strengthened because it gives us a different experience to counterbalance all the other life experiences that if we make a mistake, people will abandon us. If we make mistakes, people will leave us. And all too often growing up, many human beings have experiences of if I'm flawed or I have issues, I run the risk of people not wanting to love me and not wanting to be around me. And to a kid that has their parents go through a divorce, even if the divorce was the best thing in the world for the family and the parent's sanity, it's just, it's, it's too tough to put those pieces of the puzzle together that they did this for my betterment. Because everybody wants to feel like they're so important that people would do hard things, change their situation, fix their marriage because they love their kids so much. Now, for us adults, we know it's not always that easy. And it breaks our heart when we try to explain it to a kid when all they want is their family to be together and they don't want their parents to be fighting. So I say that to the man or the woman that's listening to this. Establish your role. Don't ask the kids, hey, I don't know what you want me to do, but just tell me like, you know, how much you want me to be a part of your life. I've had people come and tell me that's what they told an eight-year-old. And I said, well, the eight-year-old doesn't know what they want to eat for dinner, let alone how to coach you how to be a step-parent. So instead, you tell them, this is what I want, this is what I'd like, and if you don't want that and you're not comfortable with that, please share it with me. If you are comfortable with that, great. Just know if you have problems and you want someone to vent to, come vent to me because you know what? The step-parent might be a better parent to vent to. Like, for example, in this case, this mother may not always be the best person for the kids to vent to about their dad because the mom may have some issues about the dad as well. And people sharing their issues at the same time may make it more emotionally intense. But what if they build a safe relationship with the stepdad and they can go share it with the stepdad and the stepdad or the stepmom can hear the complaints and struggles. They can comfort. They can share some some soft words with the kid so that it doesn't have to always go through the mom or the dad that had the tumult, the tumultuous relationship in the past with the other parent. Now to the mom, you know, it's a difficult position. It's hard to watch your kids being heartbroken by their own parent. 
It's an unfortunate thing and it's a common thing. So bear in mind, like I said, no parent doesn't want to show up for their kids. If parents aren't showing up for their kids, they're usually ashamed and embarrassed and don't want to have accountability and responsibility. And that shame could come from just not having enough money. That shame could come from not being able to be sober and not be able to hide it around their kids. Or maybe they know when they are sober, they're really agitated and they may treat your kids differently. So one thing to consider, and this is going to be different for everyone's situation, because this, what I'm about to say is not always an accurate statement, but it's something to consider. Maybe the situation in this father's life is better that he's not around them as often as the kids would like them, would like him to be around. He may not realize that he's helping them, but maybe he's smart enough to know that he could probably do more damage if he's not in a good place. Now, moms or dads out there that are hearing this, I usually hear people respond like this. Well, that's easy for you to say. I'm the one that's got to sit there and watch my little baby girl cry and my son be angry and frustrated. And I say, yeah, you are. Sit with them, hear them out. Don't try to take their pain from them. Give them a safe place to talk about it. If they start to say it sarcastically out loud and people, you know, start to demean dad, you know, publicly and joke around, don't encourage that. Tell them, say, hey, listen, I get it. Dad's going through his time. You're not protecting dad. You're not defending dad when you're saying that. You're just being honest and realistic with them. You're saying, yeah, dad's going through his hard times right now. Dad, I don't know what dad's thinking, but I was married to your father long enough to know that he loves you and he wants to be with you and he wants to be closely connected to you, but there's a problem. He can't do that for you until he's really kind of figured out how to do that a little bit more for himself right now. It's a general statement, but it's usually somewhat accurate that you can say things like that. I know parents don't want to defend their ex all the time and protect their ex, especially when there's addiction, because, you know, this woman may have felt like I've hit his addiction or protected the kids from his addiction all these years, and I don't want to keep on doing that. Well, you also didn't want to go through a horrible divorce either. You also don't want to have financial struggles. So the point I'm getting at is that you may not want to protect your kids from their, their father, or their mother's, you know, poor life decisions or not being there for them. But look at it this way. You're not protecting them. You're just sitting with them and helping them go through the struggle of wondering why dad's not there without giving them the answers, without telling them that he's going to get it all together and everything's going to be fine because you can't guarantee that. And without commiserating with them and saying bad things about dad to validate them because you don't need to validate someone by talking bad about your ex. You could just simply validate them by saying, you have every right to feel that way. I'm not going to stop you from feeling that way. I want you to tell me every time you're showing with this and I'm going to sit with you because I can't take this from you, but at least I can be with you while you're going through it. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's chess. It's not checkers. This is a long play. This is a long, when I say long play, it's a, it's a card game analogy. This is a long setup. It takes a while for your kids to see the difference between what's healthy and what's not healthy. They have to go through grief 
And with grief comes anger, bargaining, like, well, dad would have just got his addiction under control. We wouldn't have to be in this situation anyways. And then they'll look at the new stepdad. Well, sorry, man, I, I'm not saying that I don't want you around, but even though that would kind of mention that, like, I want my family together. And as the new stepdad gotta, or new stepmom, got to work on putting your ego in check. Got to say, you know, that wasn't personal towards me. Wouldn't matter who their mom married. They're going to be angry and frustrated because of what they're going through. I'm just the person that gets to help them go through it instead of being the person that has to go through it. You have to have that kind of language inside of your mind because it's difficult raising your own kids, let alone raising someone else's kids. But like I told my friend Wilson, there's not a higher honor. I think I even jokingly said to him, I said, well, because of what you're doing for... You know, your, your, uh, you know, your stepson, um, if you ever, uh, you know, commit a crime, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a good alibi because <laughs> I just think that's so honorable that he's doing and all joking aside, I just thought like, you're going to have some sins fall off the back end because you're doing a great thing, you know? And I think that goes out to everyone when you're doing good things, you don't need everyone to acknowledge it. You just need to know that you're doing it for a, a bigger purpose, not for immediate praise. Because I get the fortunate experience to watch people go through the divorces, then to meet the new dads or the new moms. And then after that, years later, have them come back in and say, oh, I love my dad. I go, oh, he's your dad now, not your stepdad? Or I love my stepmom. Yeah, we're best of friends. I'm like, oh, isn't that funny? Because two years ago, you hate each other's guts and or you didn't like them. And they go, yeah, but I started to realize over time, they're okay. Well, isn't that how any trusting relationship happens? Time. It takes time. All those people out there that are worried about their kids because they have an absent parent, my heart does go out to you. Nothing... There's not a lot of things that hurt as much as watching your kids hurt and there's nothing you can do because you're not creating the pain, but you also can't stop it either. So moms, dads that have the exes that aren't showing up, remember there has to be space for them to come back into the kid's life, but there also has to be a boundary that you may have to make some tough decisions. If some kids are getting their hearts continually broken you might have to make some decisions to protect your kids in the sense that you're just not going to put them in harm's way as much anymore. There's a lot of creative ways to do that that I help my clients out with that I can't really elaborate on this moment. Um, but you're going to have to find a new ways to allow your kids to heal even when they have to go spend weekends with their absent parent. Because there's different versions of absent parents. There's emotionally absent, physically absent. There's the, I call on birthdays and holidays and I send you gift cards, but I'm conveniently very busy with work that I can't show up and have to sit with you in your hurt and pain. Because let's face it, not all parents are going to be good holding the hurt and pain of their kids and sitting in there with them, especially when their name may get brought up as part of the reason the kid's in hurt and pain. So take that information, put some thought into it, see if you can come up with some creative ideas to have conversations with your kids, to let them know that you are the safe parent. 
They can have their mental and emotional breakdowns. It's going to be okay. You're going to be there for them, but you're also going to make sure that there's space for mom or dad to come back into their life, assuming that mom and dad sort their life out. And then to all the stepdads and stepmoms out there, barring any major disasters in your life, you, you know, you're going to have a lot of good karma coming your way. It's just, it's just a great thing to be a part of not just the raising of a child, but the healing and the raising of a child. So as always here at Light the Fight, um, we thank you very much for your questions. You can visit us at lightthefight.com. I know we have some uh, new exciting information coming up really soon about some things, um, specifically a supporter pack that you guys can be able to purchase on our website. We'll be posting that, launching that soon. Um, we have uh, a 1-800 event coming up on, what's the date again, Brandon? 31st of January. We'll be posting about that as well soon. And as always, big thank you to our community um, sponsor and community support team over at 1-800-CONTACTS. Without them, we wouldn't be able to to do what we do and, and take the time out of our professions to be able to be here with you and talk with you and share with you our experiences in life in, in the greater scheme of life or the greater hope of life that Together, if we're sharing the best information, we're going to get to the best places because you don't have to reinvent the wheel and you definitely don't have to make all the mistakes. Please learn from our mistakes so that you can uh, pick up where we left off and not have to repeat everything that we've done. So thanks as always for joining Light the Fight. And until next time, as Heidi would say, continue to light the fight.